0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Good evening, everybody. (laughs) Lord, we got some Aggies in the house or something. Hey. Good to see everybody. What a joy to see you tonight. Wow. I am always uh, amazed and honored and blessed and uh, abundantly surprised every Wednesday night that I see this kind of crowd, but I shouldn't be surprised now, but I like to be surprised. I enjoy God surprising me because I don't want to get to expecting things that it's up to you, but you're in the house tonight and you're here on purpose tonight. And I know that it's Ash Wednesday, and yesterday I ate like it was Fat Tuesday. <laughs> but I didn't eat any Bluebell. You know, I, I, I'm kind of, I've I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of getting off that stuff. I'm kind of, it, it's, uh, it's kind of getting out of my system. Patty the other day said, I'm going to store you on some Bluebell. I said, no, I don't want any. I don't want any. She said, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want any right now. And uh, then I saw my picture on Sunday. And I see me now. And I sure don't want any. So that's just the way it goes. If you're a guest here tonight, we're mighty happy to have you. And it's an honor to have you in the house tonight. It really is. And uh, <laughs> Muhammad, where are you and Chrissy? Where y'all at? Where y'all at, guys? Where y'all at? Where y'all sitting? Balcony. Stand up. Stand up with that baby. First night in church for that baby boy. First night in church. Beautiful believers in Jesus Christ. I love these folks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Muhammad. I love you, Chrissy. Love y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They came in tonight and he said, first time, pastor, first time the baby's in the house. And in our 21-day prayer, Muhammad never missed a day. He was here every day. I love the fact that he knows Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. What a joy. You know, God God's saving people. You know that, don't you? He's saving people. You know he's healing people. He really is. I want to I introduce somebody to y'all tonight. Reed, come up here, buddy. Come on up here. Come here, buddy. Come here. This <laughs> is my big old nephew. This is my only brother's only son. And uh, for the last almost four years, Reed has worked with us. And uh, boy, he's been a blessing. He's been a blessing. And about, yeah, yeah. And he's going to be here the whole month of of March because he's double dipping right now. (laughs) Don't say no. Not true. Okay, he's not. No, he's really not. But he he, he wanted to stay this month with CLC, and he's going to take pastor of the church in Snyder, Texas uh, on March 31st. And uh, that's right, that's right. That's right. And he came as a, as a saved young man, but he's leaving here baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we're so happy for him. Man, the guy, guy kind of knows the word, you know. He pretty much knows the word. And, and uh, some of them were worried out there because he hadn't been to seminary or cemetery, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, but he knows the word as well as anybody I've ever had in this pulpit. And I'm certainly happy that he and he and J.C. have been voted in. They had to get 90% of the vote. That's a big margin, folks. And they got 95.6. He's loved. The church, the church was running about 180. When he showed up, they had 370. And time he gets through in about a year, they'll be running 400 or 500 because he'll be the pastoral mayor of that city. They love Reed Johnson in that city. Give him one more great hand. I love you, son. Love you. I'm proud of you. I, you. I love you. I love you. That's good stuff. So what are we going to do, Pastor? Well, we're going to, we're going to look around. We're going to throw a pass and see if somebody will catch it. We're going to be all right. That's number 29 that we've sent out in 29 years here. God have mercy. If all of them were still here, we'd couldn't find enough jobs for everybody. but We have sent out some wonderful, wonderful pastors in this church, and I'm grateful to the Lord that He has allowed wonderful, great young men to come find us and want to work for us. I want you to know people like working here. They enjoy working here. I don't think we'll have a problem filling his position. I don't think we'll have a problem finding a person, but we may have a hard time filling the position that he had because... He did such a remarkable job. He wore a lot of hats, and and we're happy for him. We're very happy for him. Very happy. And when I heard Sunday that he had been voted in, I kind of got a little teary-eyed. I don't mind telling you, because, uh, you know, he is pretty special to me. And, uh, oh, so much for that. Stand up. Amen. You're awesome. I love you very much. We have been, uh, we've been preaching sermons I want to preach the last two weeks and uh, we're going we're gonna to conclude with that tonight, sermons I want to preach and next Wednesday night we'll be in something else. But I, I love every one of you folks and I thank you for a beautiful day Sunday, you that were here and you that weren't here, we, we, we love you. But I thank you for being a part of our lives for 29 years. It's uh, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's hard to imagine I'm just 48 and I've been here 29 years. <laughs> That's just so hard to imagine. But I tell you what, God does wonderful things. And David killed a giant when he was a little old fella. And so God's helped us. I'm speaking tonight on the subject Jesus is Healing Ministry. I'm talking about his healing ministry tonight. And I know it doesn't sound like it's profound, and it's, it's really not profound as far as the concept, but it's profound as far as the deliverance of what it's about. Because he is a healer. Everybody say, with his stripes, with his stripes we, are we are healed. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight, and you may be seated. You may be seated. We're having communion tonight, so I hope you stick around for communion. It's going to be a wonderful night. I will be referring to John's gospel tonight, John chapter 5 and John chapter 9, but there are at least five forms of miracles of healing which God gives to us. The first is what we call instant or a miraculous healing, the miracle of instant cure when a person is immediately healed. Anybody ever had one of those in your life? You just said, wow, bam, it happened. I love that. And the second is what we call natural capacity. It's the miracle of God's undertaking. In other words, you get better every day. As the lepers went, they were made whole. As they went, they were healed. And, and, and so it didn't happen all at once, but it happened in a process. It's kind of like what's been going on in my life, in my body, but I am healed tonight in the name of the Lord. I'm healed. And I love that. The third is what we call directional, the miracle of God's guidance to a remedy, God's guidance or direction, possibly being guided to the right worship service or the right doctor or the right friend that could counsel you through a situation which you had a burdened soul or have a conscience eased. I love those kind of healings. And then there's what we call sufficient grace healing, the miracle of the sufficiency of God's grace. Paul is our signal witness to this miracle. You remember the thorn in the flesh that he had and he asked three times for the Lord to deliver it. And the Lord finally said, Paul, if I could just use my vernacular, shut up. Just hush. My grace will be sufficient for you. And in your weakness, I will be made strong. And sometimes we're not going to be delivered from the thing that we think we need to be delivered from, but it's that thing in us that's going to make us a greater person than we could ever imagine we could be without that situation in our life. So you got to praise God anyhow. And the fifth, of course, is what we call the triumphant crossing. I'd like to say that one of our little ladies got that healing yesterday or this morning. Her name was Joyce Tenney. She got a triumphant crossing, the miracle of the triumphant crossing. The faith that we have which enables us to cross from life through death to a fuller life in a triumphant way. This is called the ultimate healing. Little Sister Joyce Tenney, my girl Friday, left us. They found her today. Joyce Deal found her today and she's gone on. She was the kitchen Nazi. (laughs) I called her that. She's gone, but she knew I called her that. She ran me out of that kitchen, and I'm the pastor. (laughs) And she's run some of you out of that kitchen. It's amazing that God let her die in her kitchen today. So some things are instant, and some things have a natural capacity, and some are directional, some are sufficient grace, but then there's this triumphant crossing, and we're going to miss it to joy. She was my girl Friday. And Friday, believe it or not, we talked about passing, we talked about death, we talked about her husband's loss, When he went home and we talked about all of that and and then she said, oh, I hope that I'm here to see the brand new church. She will be, she'll be here because I just believe that world is a whole lot freer than this world is. We're trapped in this thing called mortality, but where she is now, it's immortal. And there's no telling where she'll show up tomorrow, but I guarantee she'll check out Heaven's Kitchen. Amen. Joyce, don't run Jesus out of there, all right? (laughs) We could talk about healing in a lot of different ways tonight, but I want to focus on two of Jesus' healing stories. And both were found in the Gospel of John. But I want to set these stories in our awareness that Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry. Say it, a healing ministry. (laughs) And if we're familiar with the Gospels at all, we easily remember dramatic instances of Jesus' healing ministry like the man at Gadara in Mark chapter five. He called himself legion, for he said, we are many. And he knew he was controlled by forces that were not of himself. But when he saw Jesus come on the shore of Gadara, he ran and worshiped him. You know why he did? Because Jesus was the first man to ever step on the shores of Gadara that didn't have a whip or a chain in his hand. He wasn't there to beat him up and he wasn't there to chain him down. He was there to set him free. And set him free, he did. And the man wanted to go with Jesus when he left Gadara. He said, No, go back to your hometown and tell people the glorious works of God and what he's done in your life. I hope some of you quiver with excitement and just recall in some of the stories of Jesus' healing. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? Jesus was on another mission. He was on a mission of raising a little girl from the dead who was 12 years old and belonged to Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. But a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years overtook him on the way. And she was not exactly dead like the little girl, but she often wished perhaps that she was. She was worse than dead in her mind. She had tried everything and she spent all of her living on doctors and on medicines. And in desperation, she forced her way through the crowd. And she had this constitution in her spirit. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Amen. And when she did that, she started a revival of touching the hem of his garment for at least four other places in the Bible. She set off a flurry of people who touched the Lord to be healed, amen? amen. See, there is a parade of witnesses like her who moved through the scripture You can't read the gospel without experiencing this glorious truth that Jesus' ministry is a healing one. Would you clap your hands to that and say amen to that? So Jesus' ministry is a healing one. And we look specifically at two of the stories of healing in the Bible. The first is a man who had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. 38. And he was found by a pool in John chapter 5. Then the second is a blind man in John 9 that was found on the side of the road and he was sent to a pool. See, there were seven pools in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus. I'm not trying to show you I'm smart, but I did a little research and there was the Enrogel pool. It was a spring, a spring of the fuller. And then there was the Gihon pool. It was a natural spring fed by a pool from the Valley of Grace. And then there was a Struthian pool, don't know much about that. Then the at Migdalen pool handled fear and emotions. People went there for their needs, their psyche needs. And then there was a serpent pool where dragons and wounds and battle wounds were taken care of. And then there were two more. The first was the pool of Bethesda in John 5. And the second was the pool of Siloam in John chapter 9. And one was by the temple. It was Bethesda. The other was just outside the walls of the rebuilt Jerusalem. It was called Siloam. Why do I tell you that? I'll share that in just a moment. Bethesda had five porches. It was called the house of mercy. It was a healing pool. In Bible numerology, five is the number of grace. Hallelujah. So there were five porches there and that meant mercy was here and you could find grace here. Yet history says that the water was 13 meters deep. That's, folks, is close to 45 feet. That's deep water, folks. That's straight down, deep water. Great grace, yet never a story of one person getting healed there. A lot of people were there that were impotent. The blind, the halt, and the withered were there. But nobody was walking around and say, I remember the day that I stepped into the water and got my healing here. Nobody ever said that. I gotta bring that to your attention tonight. Waiting for the moving of the water because it was said that when an angel came and disturbed the water, the first in the water would be healed. But nobody ever came around and said, hey, I know what the water looks like when it's troubled. And I know what it feels like to step into that water. Nobody ever did that. But a man has been coming to the pool of Bethesda for 38 years thinking that somehow getting into the water of the pool would bring healing to him. And Jesus shocks this man by asking, do you want to be healed? Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Have you ever noticed that the man doesn't even hear Jesus' question? He don't even hear it. His answer could have been a simple one, yes, no. I don't want to be healed. Yes, I want to be healed. Jesus asked the question, do you want to be healed? Because Jesus is in the healing business. But in this instance, I think Jesus is teaching us a big lesson. And here it is. Some healing is up to us. Can I preach a little bit and not hurt your feelings? The Lord's tired of chasing you down to try to heal you. He's tired of being it and trying to tag you and make you it. He wants you to turn around and say, Lord, I need some help with my psyche. I need some help with my spirit. I need some help with my flesh. I need some help in healing in my body. Why don't you turn around and make God quit chasing you and you start chasing after God and say, God, I desire to be healed in this house even tonight. Come on now, even now. Oh, let me speak here. Let me talk right now. I've known people who have deliberately withheld forgiveness and harbored resentment because they did not want to be healed, who kept an injury alive to kind of tranquilize themselves against the demands of what we call responsible living in this world. I've known people who get an odd satisfaction in feeling victimized by life. I prayed for a lady one night in a revival she came up and she said, I said, what do you need? She said, oh, it's my old headache again and my old backache. She claimed it. She had she had moved into a backache and moved into a headache. And it was her house and you wasn't gonna get her out of that house. So I laid hands on her and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I said, I said, God overhaul her. You know what she needs. I'm tired of people claiming things that God don't want. I'm just... Is it all right if I preach a little bit? I'm tired of people saying, well, you know, it's gonna be in my life, all my life. No, it's not gonna be in your life, all your
0: life. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Amen. Hey, man, Some
1: healing is up to us. I've known people who seem to have a need to suffer. I knew a lady in, a, in an old folks' home. I pastored her in an old folks' home. It wasn't in this church, I might add. I don't want to hurt nobody. But I had two other ones, and don't ask which one it was. But she didn't want the doctors and the nurses to give her certain medicines because it would make her feel better. She loved to be doted over because she's so sick. And I found that out one day. I said, you are taking your medicines? She said, no. I said, I kind of like being sick. Honey, when I had the shingles, give me anything I need. I'm ready to get over this thing. And I declare in Jesus' name, I've been healed. Hallelujah, I've been healed. (laughs) Come on, let's talk a little bit. Sometimes suffering gives people the ammunition they need to fight the universe and do battle with others. So in asking this question, Jesus makes the point that to receive his healing, grace, and power, you must desire it. Everybody say, if you ask for it. In his name, in his name. He, will give it to you. he will give it to you. That's as simple as it can be preached tonight. One of the saddest lines in the story is his words to Jesus. Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. Let me think just a moment. It wasn't the putting in that bothered him. It was the getting out if the miracle didn't work. Now let, let me just preach a little bit. As a pastor and as a as a as a young preacher and as an older preacher, it's always kind of bothered me if I call somebody out and said, God wants to heal you. I've always had this little intrepidation that what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? Let me tell you something. It's not my responsibility. I finally resigned my fact to my the fact to the fact that God is in, in control of all this and I'm not in the healing business. He's in the healing business. Amen. I remember one of my heroes was a man named Tom Barnes, and I love I Brother Barnes. He used to call me and prophesy over me, and he died several years ago. But I remember when he was going to have his first healing crusade in the town of Minden where he pastored, and he put on the sign, a big old sign, Tom Barnes Healing Crusade. And he went to get ready for church that night, and the Lord tapped him on the shoulder and said, Tom, have fun with your healing crusade tonight. And Brother Barnes realized what he had done. It wasn't Tom Barnes' healing crusade. It was Jesus' healing crusade. And he went and changed the sign. He put the sign up, Jesus will heal you here tonight. And Tom Barnes got a name because everybody thought it was Tom Barnes that was doing the healing. But it was Jesus through him doing the healing. I'm here to tell you, if you need healing tonight, there's Jesus in the house that can heal you right where you are. Do you want
0: healing tonight? Or are you looking for somebody to put you in the water? Come on. Do you want some healing tonight? Do you want some healing? Do you want some things that you've always put up with to get away and never come back? Do you want some psyches in your mind that you think would never be over and God's going to take them away from you? Do you want some pain to get out of your body? Do you want some pain to get out of your soul? Do you want some pain to walk out of you tonight? God is in the healing business. Woo! Hallelujah. (laughs)
1: So, we all know God can, but will God do it for me? See, the water's too deep to swim in, and an infirm man may need a little help to get out if it doesn't work. A lot of pools close to the temple that are deep, somehow five porches, but people beside them are impotent, blind, halt, and withered. And Jesus got in trouble that Sabbath, healing that man, because the man finally told on him after he met the Lord in the house of God, he told those people Jesus did this. And they said he did it on the Sabbath. So they got him in trouble and they wanted to take him out. The temple crowd was more interested in obeying rules than seeing a lame man healed. But Jesus' ministry is a healing one. He heals people. It haunts me how different it is from this story of the men who took their friend up on a rooftop in Capernaum and then dug a hole through the ceiling so they could lower their friend on this pallet to the presence of Jesus in order that he might be healed. And Jesus said, "Thy Thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said, Who are you to rebuke his and dismiss his sins? And he said, So that they'll believe. I say, Take up your bed and walk. He healed that man to prove that he could forgive his sins. I'm declaring to you tonight that Jesus is in the healing business. And if you need your sins forgiven in this house tonight... The Bible said if you call for the elders of the church, they'll anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise you up and if you've committed any sins, it shall be forgiven you. Can I tell you, God is in the healing business tonight and while he's at it, he's liable to save you at the same time. Come on, clap your hands real big. It haunts me. I have no one to put me in the pool. I said this and I want you to read it with me. Either we believe this Jesus or we stay paralyzed in the moment. Wondering if God can do anything. Mm. Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Was by the temple close to the pool on the Sabbath. And he wanted to heal someone. Because his ministry is a healing one. Now, let me introduce the second pool now. I'm not far from closing. Let me introduce the second pool. The second pool was the pool of Siloam. It meant scent. Everybody say scent. It was the only fresh water pool in the city. And the water came from the Valley of Grace. Hallelujah. We encounter this one in John 9. Also a blind man encounters Jesus in this chapter. Let me speak about that pool. In 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 20 in the NIV it says, as for the other events of Hezekiah's reign, all his achievements and how he made the pool and the tunnel by which he brought water into the city, and it goes on. But Hezekiah made a 1777-foot conduit to bring water into the city from the springs of Gihon. And it was created to keep Israel from thirsting when Sennacherib and Rabshakeh and the armies of the enemy surrounded their city. And if you know the Bible, you know that when they prayed inside those walls that 185,000 soldiers died outside the city in one night. And I'm declaring to you that not only did God bring water to the people inside the walls, He brought destruction to the enemy trying to destroy God's people. He is a protector. And this, 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 this pool was built by the king by a king for a people. Everybody say a king built it. And it consisted of five levels. There's that number again. It had a shallow level and a deep level. But it had five depths. One to sit in and put your feet in. And one knee deep. That sounds like that that vision that Ezekiel saw. The water coming out. One knee deep to wade in. And one with water to the waist. And one with water to the head. And one with water over one's head to swim in. I already love this pool. Five different levels. Can I declare to you right now, you may not understand what's happening in this spirit-filled environment here tonight, but we've got a shallow end for you. You don't have to just dive in and drown tonight. You can put your foot in and say, wow, that's pretty good. And if you wanna go knee deep next week, you can do that. If you wanna go to your waist next week, you can do that. If you wanna go here next week and the last week, you might just wanna dive in and say, I want it all. Because I promise
0: you, there's nothing like the spirit of God in a house of God to draw you to the plan of God in your life.
1: I was reading something today, and I got to share it with you. Smith Wigglesworth and David Wilkerson both wrote prophecies about this time, this time right here, that people are going to get so sick and tired of just performances. They're going to get so sick and tired of church with no spirit. They're going to get so sick and tired of churches with no healing bombs, of a church that does not baptize, of churches that do not believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And said people are going to start walking away from those and saying, I want something that's real. I want something that's genuine. I want something that's authentic. I want something that's transparent. Get ready, folks. We, this building we're a building is not gonna be
0: big enough. We're gonna have to probably have four services in it instead of just two because God's bringing people from everywhere to experience the glorious presence of Almighty God in his house. Come on, you need to clap your hands for that. You need to rejoice over that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: It wasn't a drowning pool of 45 feet, but five levels of depth. There were three steps between the levels. And whatever level you felt like being on, it was your choice. Hallelujah. Well, I don't believe I want to clap my hands tonight. Well, that's all right. I'll clap them back here so nobody will see me. I don't think I want to raise my hand. I'll just do this. That's all right. Just whatever you feel. You're okay, but I promise you that Spirit's going to see that and going to catch up with that. And doing this a little bit, the Spirit will get you. It's the greatest gift that will ever be gotten in your life when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you. Now, let me talk location. It was positioned south of the city by a valley of Gehenna. Everybody say Gehenna. Where the refuse of the city was burned. It was literally a trash dump. Gehenna was a trash dump. And the Jews called Gehenna hell. Hell. Because a fire burned there all the time. But the miracle pool of Siloam was right beside hell. A cleansing pool right next to the place where garbage was burned. And in Hezekiah's day, the pool was inside the wall to keep the people watered from all the Shennacheribs and Rabshakeh's people outside. But when the walls were torn down at the Babylonian conquering of Israel, those walls were torn down and Nehemiah came back and built them up 70 years later. They put put the pool of Siloam outside the wall, not inside the wall, because it was too close to hell. And they couldn't couldn't bring in the pool and leave out Gehenna. So they didn't want Gehenna inside the wall, so they kept the pool outside the wall. And so Jesus, <laughs> when the walls were built back, the pool was left outside. And whatever reason, the city government did not have control on the outside as it did on the inside of the city. And Jesus meets a blind man in John 9, and the disciples asked, who did sin? Here, his parents, that this man be born blind. And Jesus said, neither, but that the glory of God might be revealed and he spits on the ground and puts mud in the blind man's eyes and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Not Bethesda, but Siloam. He has been to Bethesda, Jesus had. He saw the depths of the pool, but he saw the impotence beside the pool. He saw people waiting on a particular moment. But in Siloam, he saw something outside the walls of what the city government could handle. Outside the walls of what the fathers of the city could stop. Outside the walls of what all the bureaucrats and the Pharisees could handle because they stayed around the temple and they are discounted. So he sends this man to a place outside the wall and when the man washed his eyes, he came forth seeing, And he got such sight, he could look at four different sets of questions after his healing and answer them all. Grace is wonderful when people understand it. Here's the point. The king's pool is not always where we think it is. And it does not always look like we think it does. But if people find sight and see the Lord, they are being introduced to the right pool. Now I want to declare something. What's this now. I want to declare it. So Gehenna was here. Siloam was here. Gehenna was here. Pastor, my life is just hell. Really? One step. Siloam is here. Pastor, our marriage is in trouble. Really? It's hell. One step. Siloam is right here. Jesus didn't want you to have to walk from hell
0: all the way to the temple. He wanted to come to you where you, oh my God. He wanted to come where you are and where your problem was and say, I'm not asking you to come up here with all these people and let them judge you. I just want you to step out of where you are and go one step to the right and let the pool of Siloam, full of grace, heal you. Oh, clap your hands to that. Deliverance is that close to us. Deliverance is that close to us.
1: Oh, I got a hush.
0: Let me, you know,
1: I've had so much fun. John Garza, I love you. Gave three months to live in 16 and he's alive and cancer's gone. And we showed him here. margarita white a split aorta doctor said she wasn't going to live till the surgeon got there she did 90% she wouldn't make it through the surgery she did 90% she wouldn't make it through the first week she did in three years to the day last Wednesday night she stood on this platform raising her hands whole and healthy brother Jose Martinez is a young pastor that went out of our church and he's got a church in Houston Texas brother Jose bring Salika up here right now bring her up here Jose was the man that built our parking lot over here and so you ought to give him a hand clap for that come here baby I love you buddy I love you Saleka, you're pretty. <laughs> the year was 2015. We had declared May a miracle month in this church.
0: Amen. Mm.
1: And God was doing some things. There was a young girl that had gotten pregnant out of wedlock and on Mother's Day she asked one of our pastors in the church's son to pray for her and uh, the baby was dead in her womb and she was going to the doctor the next Thursday and the doctor ran a test on her before he cleaned her out and the baby's heartbeat had returned. And now, uh, and, 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 that's great. She's just awesome. I'm sorry we haven't seen her. But this little couple right here, Brother Jose and Sister Alejandra, were sitting right up there in that seat right up there on the balcony. And it, was a, it was a Sunday after Mother's Day in May 2015. And uh, they had gone to the doctor on Tuesday and the heartbeat was not there. This baby was in her womb and the heartbeat wasn't there. Oh, this baby... So you know the story already, all right. <laughs> but the heartbeat wasn't there. And so they said, we want you to see a specialist on Thursday. So they went back Thursday and saw a specialist. And the specialist ran some tests and sonograms and stuff, and there was no heartbeat. And uh, said, well, we're so sorry. We're so sorry, ma'am, Ms. Martinez, but we're going to have to take this baby. There's, it's died. You, you, you've had a miscarriage. We want you to come in next Tuesday. Come here, baby. Let me hold you. Let me hold you. Come here. Come here. Can I hold you? No, okay. We won't try that. (laughs) We'll move on with this story. And so they went in on Tuesday. And Brother Jose told his wife, he said, honey, we're just going to believe God. They came down out of the balcony that Sunday and one of our staff pastors prayed with them right over here. Never forget it. And he said, God's answered our prayer. Went in on a Tuesday and they ran tests on her, more tests on her. And they said, wait a minute, there's two heartbeats in there. There's two. Is this the story, Brother Jose? There's two heartbeats. I want to get it right. I don't want to be lying to you folks. There's two heartbeats in there. And they said, two heartbeats? We thought we had one child. Then all of a sudden, one of those heartbeats just vanished. Can angels go in here? There was a fourth man in the fire of three Hebrew boys. Can an angel's heartbeat come inside of here?
0: Can healing come in here and say... I brought a heartbeat in here to restore the heartbeat of this baby girl. Can that happen? I'm just asking. See, I believe. I believe with everything that's in my life and in my heart tonight, I believe this, that Jesus is in the healing business.
1: She's three years and three months old. She don't look unhealthy, does she? (laughs) Folks, I'm telling you, this had not been show and tell three weeks. Thank you, Jose. I love you, buddy. I love you so much. This hasn't been show and tell, but it's letting you know that there is a God that can heal you of any situation. And so... I'd like some people to stand right now that believe that God can do anything. Just stand to your feet right now. God can do anything. Just stand up. Randy, come and help me. Everybody say, His ministry ministry is a healing ministry. Now, if you are a prayer partner or if you are a man who claims to be the minister or, or is a pastor or is a minister and you're visiting here tonight and you want to help us pray I'm going to have an altar call right now right now and for the next three or four minutes we're just going to pray with people because I know it's late it's it's already 830 and it's time for me to let y'all go but there's no sense in me preaching this and us not acting on this so I want those that are in our prayer partners to hurry down here right quick and if you are a man of God that feels faith in your heart to pray with people come on down here right now come on right now Come on right now. Come on right now. Stand here. Come on, let's get close. Come on. Let's get close. Come on, let's get close. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want I want you folks. I want you folks that want a healing in your body, a healing in your mind, a healing in your spirit. I want you to run down here and I want you to find one of these people. We got a lot of prayer partners. I want you to find one of these people. And don't, don't you don't have to go back. Just move over to the side. We'll take communion right where we are. Just come on down and say, I need this happen in my life. I need a healing. This is healing night. This is a healing night right now. Come on. Come on down here right now. This is a healing night right now. It's a healing night. Come on down. Let Jesus heal you right now. Come on, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Come on, believe it right now. Believe it right now. Believe it right now. Believe it right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for praying for us and praying with us. Thank you so much. Come on, come on, come on. When you get through praying, back up and let somebody else be prayed for. It doesn't take long. Come on, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to be healed. It doesn't take long to be set free.
0: It doesn't take long, come on.